This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. The documents were sent to me within two days of the show transmitting. And to that point, we had celebrated the show. It was a fantastic triumph for Panorama and for the BBC. Uh, and when I received these documents, I was horrified. Mark Killick is the former BBC Panorama producer who first flagged concerns about how Martin Bashir's interview with Princess Diana was obtained in 1995. He says the BBC's response was to take him off the show for a lack of loyalty. More than 25 years later, those documents, bank statements forged at the request of Martin Bashir, became central to the Dyson Inquiry, which found they were used to gain access to Diana through her brother Al Spencer, and when questions were asked, the BBC covered it up. I would like to thank Lord Dyson and his team for the report. Prince William has led the royal family's response. It is welcomed that the BBC accepts Lord Dyson's findings in full, which are extremely concerning. That BBC employees lied and used fake documents to obtain the interview with my mother made lurid and false claims about the royal family, which played on her fears and fueled paranoia, displayed woeful incompetence when investigating complaints and concerns about the programme, and were evasive in their reporting to the media and covered up what they knew from their internal investigation. So a powerful statement there, and I'm joined now by our royal editor, Robert Jobson. Robert, first of all, is it significant that it's William who gave the response and not Charles? I think that William has been seen as the de facto spokesman when it comes to matters to do with Diana. It's very difficult for Charles to really give uh, any comment on this, given, of course, that Diana said in the interview that there were three in the marriage and that he was the adulterer. So I can't, along with Camilla, so I can't see how he could possibly really speak on behalf or in reaction to Diana um, as his ex-wife. It has to really fall to her children, her legacy, which was William in the first instance, and, and Harry, of course, who issued a statement from um, America. In that statement, Prince William says that the interview that his mother gave no longer has any legitimacy and should never be shown again. Is that true, though, Robert? Does this interview have no legitimacy at all? Did Diana not know what she was saying? Well, I think it's rather crazy for them to be saying that sort of thing, actually. I mean, the reality is, of course... As a young man, William would have looked at this and thought um, that his mother was um, suffering from paranoia or she was worried. But I don't think it's in his position now to start dictating 
in a free society to as an unelected future head of state to um, what we can and cannot watch. I mean, the reality is there are two narratives here. The way that the uh, interview was obtained was appalling. Of course it was. The behaviour by um, Bashir, Mr. Bashir and, and the BBC was reprehensible. But that doesn't mean that the content of the interview was was, neg- it was it was null and void because Diana had gone to see Sir Max Hastings six weeks before the airing of the interview. And Max, I think, was editor of The Telegraph at the time and a very serious editor and pillar of the media world. And she had the same narrative. Now, you can't suddenly say that her words are no longer relevant because, of course, they're relevant. The questions that were asked by Bashir were very clear and she answered them very clearly too. It's part of history and you can't change history. She said what she wanted to say. No one had a gun to her head. She wanted to say it. And what I find a slightly objectionable with someone who was around at the time is the word paranoia because paranoia was used by people that Diana perceived to be her enemies, people that were against her at the time, who she felt were blocking her um, from saying what she wanted to say by suggesting she was mentally unstable. That simply isn't fair or, or right to the memory of Diana. And I don't think it's for her son to dictate what should be aired and what shouldn't be aired. Yes, he has his opinion, but we live in a free society and that's not acceptable, in my opinion. But I think what has been suggested is that because Martin Bashir had presented these documents to Earl Spencer, this kind of created a false narrative that Princess Diana believed that people were spying on her. And Earl Spencer himself has said he he draws a line between his first meeting with Martin Bashir and his sister's death. Did this interview cause the death of Princess Diana? No, of course it didn't. The reality is the... Uh, we've had millions of taxpayers' money spent on the inquiry into Diana's death. It's quite clear that what caused Diana's death was a drunken driver driving a, a car too fast, possibly pursued by foreign paparazzi. That is the ruling of a judge after several millions of pounds has been spent. And, and that is what the score was. And so it's easy to sit there and, and, and almost canonise Princess Diana. But Princess Diana was a very shrewd media operator who knew what she was doing at the time of her, while she was alive. What happened to her was tragic and was it was wrong, but one must not, um, in the process of revisiting history, also silence her from what she wanted to say by suggesting, as her enemies did at the time, that she was paranoid. She wasn't. She she knew exactly what she was doing. All of this took place twenty five years ago, but does this report, or will it now, impact on Buckingham Palace's relationship with the press today? Well, Buckingham Palace's relationship with the press goes up and down over the years anyway. I think what, what we're seeing here is people putting one and one together and making five. These things happened 25 years ago. The, the cover-up itself was appalling, in my opinion. However, saying that, people now took pushing forward for another Leveson, etc. For Prince Harry to suggest these practices are still going on now... It's, it's one thing, but I don't think he's got any evidence for it. The whole world has moved on. So I think that we should be very careful before jumping to great big conclusions. And also for people to rewrite history and silence Diana, I personally find abhorrent. You can read more from Robert and our reporting team at standard.co.uk. Now, as all of this has been unfolding, Prince Harry's launched another attack on the royal family in his documentary series with Oprah Winfrey. It's just launched on Apple Plus, and the Evening Standard's Lizzie Edmonds has watched it. Lizzie... It's not the best day for Buckingham Palace, is it? No, it's not. And this series that 
Harry has co-produced with her, Oprah Winfrey, is the kind of latest in a series of uh, revelations that he has made um, about his upbringing, about the death of his mother um, and about the events that uh, led to him and Meghan leaving the, uh, stepping down as senior royals and, and leaving the country. I mean, obviously, all of us are fairly familiar um, now with the kind of bombshell interview that uh, they did with Oprah. That was back in March. But this is another even more personal look on the behalf of Harry. It's very much his project um, into the issues that he faced and, and his feelings around how their his and Meghan's requests for help were kind of allegedly gone on 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 deaf ears so yes it's a it's a it's an interesting series of um five episodes that look into various things um about harry's mental health journey and it's quite illuminating in many ways yeah so he's accused the royal family of total neglect when it came to supporting him after his mother's death. And he appears to be suggesting that he had some issues with drink and drugs as well. Yeah, so his his narrative is obviously his, his mother died when he was 12 and his accusations are that uh, that was never really dealt with. And um, in the past, he has, to- he has spoken about how he didn't think that him and, and William walking behind that her coffin grieving so immediately after her death in such a public way was anything was something that anyone should have to do and this this series kind of delves deeper into the immediate after effects um he says that he was using drink and, and drugs to kind of mask his his true emotions and to feel not feel so so heavily about the trauma that he that he experienced as people will remember looking back at harry's kind of um younger years there was several stories and reports at the time of um, fairly debauched behaviour. So, But this is one of the first times we've heard him talking about that and about the fact that it was very much a, a thing that he relied on in order to, to kind of get through some darker times. He says he'll never be bullied into silence, so he's clearly not going to stop talking, is he? He, he appears to think that, that talking about this is how things are going to get better for him. Yes, and he also specifically addresses the fallout and the aftermath of the Oprah interview back in March and says that Meghan and he thought that it was an authentic and truthful way to, to deal with the issues, which I think many would kind of question as to how you could how you could think that would be the case. Um, going on such a huge platform and discussing very personal and intimate details about your your family, I, d- I don't know if that would ever be kind of surefire way to 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 heal a rift but yeah look I think um he doesn't show any signs of of wanting to wanting to not talk about this anymore and he clearly wants I I do think it comes from a good place in some ways I think he wants to um I think he wants to help other people that's the whole point of this series is to um to talk about mental health and obviously we have other people high profile people notably Lady Gaga and and actress Glenn Close in it talking about their issues and what they've had to face in their life and I think on the whole this series will help other people think about mental health which is you know that's Harry's narrative that that's why he does he he wants to talk about it because he knows that a man in the power the position of power that he is can can help others who are feeling vulnerable and feeling like they they've got no way out and that's the leader we're back on monday at 4 p.m do hit follow to make sure you don't miss out
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.